0: Hi, and welcome to food. I'm Mark Bittman. As always, you can reach out to us at food at markbittman.com. Send us questions, answers, rants, raves, whatever you like. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate us, and um, tell us what you think too. Glad to have you here. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS. You know, those forever chemicals in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. Aquatru has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation free countertop purifiers to higher capacity under sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water, and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code BITMAN at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code BITMAN, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. B-I-T-T-M-A-N. Today's guest really charmed the hell out of me and K2, and not just because he flattered me, although of course that's part of it. He's just clever and fun and funny in kind of the way I like. Sarcastic and teasing to some extent, but in a loving and uh, charming way. And that guest is Dan Adute, and he is a stand-up comic, so you'll hear that. You'll be able to figure that one out pretty quickly. An actor, currently on Netflix's Cobra Kai. From all appearances, an excellent cook. An author of a smart and poignant and, yes, very funny new essay collection, but really a memoir called Undercooked. How I Let Food Become My Life Navigator and How Maybe That's a Dumb Way to Live. Needless to say, we talk about that. Is it a dumb way to live, though? Kate and I asked him that question, and the results are decidedly mixed. I'll tell you this, though Dan loves food, maybe more than anybody I've met in a long time. And he's really fun to talk to about it and everything, really. I can't imagine you won't be charmed by him and hopefully by this podcast with me, Kate, and Dan.
1: I absolutely want this to be on the record, which is I live in Los Angeles. I'm an actor on a fancy TV show. I'm friends with a lot of famous people. I see famous people all the time in L.A. because that's what happens in L.A. I never (laughs) get starstruck. I get starstruck off of food people that I love. And Mark Bittman, my man, I am so starstruck right now. (laughs) I'm telling you. (laughs) Okay. This is not a joke. I swear to God, uh, I don't need my bread because of you. I'm vegan before six because of you. Are you? Are you? I swear, I, I, you, you, my friend. In my book, you're my favorite food journalist. So this is so exciting for me to to be on this podcast. Well, Kate, I'm sure you. you're great too. But Mark, <laughs> I mean, come for the Mark, stay for the Kate.
0: <laughs> but uh, this is very exciting for me. All right. Well, thank you for that. I don't know what we'll do with it. I suppose we have to leave it in, but. <laughs>
2: He's embarrassed. I
0: never see famous people when I'm in L.A. I just I don't think I know what famous people look like. That's the problem.
2: You don't. Like, I'd be like, wait, is that Susan
0: Sarandon? Someone would be like, no, it's Julia Roberts. He he can't even pronounce her last name. It's
2: Sarandon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He didn't say Sarandon. It's Sarandon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hey, would you start the show, please?
2: Okay. I do want to talk about dance book which is a collection of essays called Undercooked. You loved food when you were really little, and you and your dad bonded over food. And when you were nine, your parents took you to a pizza restaurant for your birthday, and you mm-hmm. were horrified. Yes. Because you just thought it was, <laughs> like, absolutely unacceptable to be having pizza on your birthday. And then you turned 11, and your dad took you to the Cirque for your birthday. Right. Where you had caviar, foie gras, and duck confit. Mm -hmm. Was that to make up for the pizza? Maybe. But how did you get to be such a pretentious eater at such a young age?
0: (laughs) How did you get such a little prick at such a
1: young age? (laughs) Okay, first of all, I did not think this was going to be a gotcha interview. Okay. (laughs) 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 Um, I became a little prick because, by the way, that's my... The next book after this one is called <laughs> How I Became a Little Prick. <laughs>
3: um,
1: I became a little prick because I was uh, a middle child. I had an older brother, a younger brother. And uh, they got all the attention. But my dad, uh, my dad went to school in Europe and had all these European trappings. And I knew that he loved food a lot. So that was my way of bonding with him in a way that my other brothers couldn't. So I started to get into food i started to mimic him i started to eat properly and all that stuff just to kind of get attention from my dad um so that was it was a coping mechanism my prickishness was a coping mechanism for <laughs> not getting attention
0: as a middle child we should say that your book is called undercooked how i let food become my life navigator and maybe that's a dumb way to live then you pretty much go on to make a case for how food being your life navigator isn't such a dumb way to live but I get it. We should talk about, I mean, it's it might be hard, but it is interesting, and you make it a pretty big part of the book. When you were 16, your brother's name was Solly, who was older than you and who obviously you loved, died suddenly of cancer, and that was made more difficult by the fact that your relationship with food, by which you were into, as discussed, and your father That relationship, too, became complicated by the fact that your parents decided to become religious and keep kosher, or at least to keep kosher. I have actually a story about parents and kosherness, I can tell. But anyway, how did food tie into your relationship with your dad, both before and after Solly's death? How were things before and how they change?
1: Yeah, so... My dad and I would go out to restaurants ourselves, like without my mom, without my other brothers. Like this was our thing. We'd go into Manhattan, you know, and it was exciting. It was like the uh, late 80s, early 90s, you know, Le Al, Anthony Bourdain's restaurant was was a hip thing, Mezzaluna, you know, all these cool old school New York restaurants. And um, it was the only time that I really felt uh, connected to my dad. And then my, my older brother passed away. And and then he and my mom became, you know, super religious. And with religion came kosher laws. And with kosher laws came no more of our dining excursions. So that whole relationship with my dad was was fractured. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I started to go on, I started to go rogue. I started to go solo and to get these adventures on my own without him uh, trying to, you know, fill in the hole of uh, that was left by him kind of going on his journey and also by my brother not being in my life anymore. And it took me to a lot of weird, crazy, interesting, fun, stupid places. And, you know, that's kind of where all these essays come from is is all these all these little coping mechanisms that I created in my life because I didn't go to therapy. <laughs> so, so um, you know, and the stories are. Don't get me wrong, listeners. This is a this is a it's a funny book. It's fun.
0: I want to quickly say my parents' kosher story, which is my mother grew up kosher, my father did not. My mother's parents called my father a guy, which, if, for those of you who don't know, means a non-Jew. Uh, which is funny because he was stricter about everything in his life than my mother was, but whatever. And she's online at the Kosher Butcher on 14th Street with a two-year-old in her arms. That two-year-old was me. And the two-year-old was screaming and fussing and doing what two-year-olds do. And she's online at the Kosher Butcher. And she goes, and this is how she tells the story. She goes, to hell with this. And she walks down the street to Gristiti's or D'Agostino's or whatever it is. Buys a piece of meat and goes home and cooks it, and it's thanks to me that my family got to eat shrimp and lobster and pork <laughs> and the wrong cuts of beef and all of that other stuff. So I was that was lucky. I was really lucky. Um,
1: do you still feel a little bit of guilt in the back of your head
0: when you? I, mean, uh, I was too. No. When you when you trafe it up, <laughs> I. I al- <laughs> I almost only Trafe it up, to tell you the truth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now oh you guys need to explain what Trafe is.
0: Oh, well, non-kosher food, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Trafe is non-kosher food. It's funny because I grew up pretty kosher, and I still remember the first my first foray into Trafe, and it was the worst thing that someone who grew up kosher could have. My dumb friend Dan Steingart and his family <laughs> took me and he was like, "You are gonna love this. It's gonna be great." They took me to some like some restaurant in Chinatown, and we had a raw giant clam. Oof! Come on, <laughs> for a That's beginner, weird. beginners should be like calamari, uh, fried shrimp, something easy. A raw spare like, ribs, spare ribs. I still have a tough time with raw clams, to tell you the truth. But man, um, this thing was, whew, it was like it was like the size of a football. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Dan, you hunt, you eat ravenously. You're a stand-up comic. You're on Cobra Kai, which I still haven't seen, but now I'm going to watch. I don't even um, know what it
0: is. Sorry. It's oh, a wow.
2: It's, it's guys, a well. So when I was a kid, The Karate Kid was one of my favorite movies. So you know, it's a sequel of The Karate Kid. <laughs> oh,
1: Mark, you know what The Karate Kid is, right? Let's start yeah, because I watched it with Kate when she was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. Ricky, so, Shrew-
2: uh, uh, Ralph Macchio, man.
0: wipe on wipe off
1: wax on wax off all right wipe Wipe on wipe wipe off was from the uh bootleg dvd of it
2: (laughs) (laughs) you have to wipe on
0: wipe off after you waxed on waxed off no i guess not all right wax on (laughs) wax off oh man (laughs) anyway yeah.
2: <laughs> you do a lot of things, but you also hunt and you have a very very funny essay in the book about how you got your start hunting with a friend of yours, Mo, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it involves a duck. And honestly reading it is pretty horrifying, but you came back from it and now are you an avid hunter? How did this start? How old were you?
1: So that I was probably 23 when I started hunting or when I went hunting for the first time, because I went hunting the first time and then I didn't go for a while. And then I got back into it. Um, But yeah, that was like, and I'd like to, cause I know all the listeners are probably, there's a lot of crossover with uh, Michael Pollan fans who listen to you, Mark. So I just want to say this was before Omnivore's Dilemma that I started to hunt. So, cause it wasn't like cool and like hip to hunt back then. It was like, I wanted to do it, though, because I was like, you know, I was on this journey to chase that high with my dad. And I was like, well, the if I need to be more rebellious than eating pork and shellfish, it's to go and kill an animal. And also as a foodie, it's like, you know, there's nothing more local and seasonal and, you know, grass fed <laughs> as like a wild animal. So I went with the only person I knew who hunted, which was my buddy from college, uh, Mohamed Al-Humadi. So it was an Arab Muslim and an Iranian Jew getting together to kill duck. And we went duck hunting uh, on Long Island, which was an experience because when you think hunting, you think like, oh, you're going into the middle of the woods. It's going to be quiet. You're away from man and from civilization. But this was like, like we were like very close to the LIE. Like you could hear... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we were like on a on a sandbar off of port jeff i mean it was like you could hear ice cream trucks in the background
0: it's funny when i read that part i sort of envisioned you in jamaica bay near jfk you know how it's like <laughs> yeah. right near jfk there's like like hundreds of or at least scores of square miles of like empty crazy waterway right like I mean, wetlands anyway, yeah anyway <laughs> yeah
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, there were like tires. There were like abandoned tires next to us where we were hiding. And yeah, so uh, I had never shot a gun before. The first shot of a gun I took was at a duck. And um, I missed a couple, but but eventually I got one. And I was under the – a Jew from Long Island – who doesn't know hunting? All of my hunting experience came from the Nintendo game Duck Hunt. I thought you shoot these things <laughs> and they die and that's it. And they <laughs> jump into the frying pan. Yeah, that's it. You shoot, they die, and everyone's happy. Yeah, um, that game was great. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, well, it's not true to life. <laughs> uh, you know, And I injured this bird and I had to shoot it a, a couple more times and then it was still alive and you know, Mo had to like, you know, basically like picked up the bird and whipped the head around. And I mean, it was really a traumatizing experience. Uh,
0: (laughs) Good scene in the book. It's pretty funny.
1: Yeah. um, But he's like, you
0: doofus. You didn't even kill (laughs) it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, But you know, it set me off on a lifelong journey of, uh, of hunting and I've become a, you know, the first time was tough, but then it got easier and easier. And, I love it now. I mean, I love going hunting. I love the camaraderie. I love the food that that it gets you. Um so I don't know. I mean, it's again, it was a, it all started from from my stupid coping mechanisms and I don't know if it would have been better for me to just go to therapy and not do that stuff, but you know, it's you it's might colored have my life doing it anyway.
0: So now <laughs> yeah. when you want to hunt, you like go over to the 405 and Camp or Grand Central, or the Grand Central, depending on uh, <laughs> whether you're, how traffic you're east or west. Is. So, what's wrong with using food as a life navigator? Seem to be doing okay.
1: What's wrong with it? I think it's led me astray in in many ways. That it, especially like when it came to relationships, like picking people solely based on food stuff is yeah. is not smart. And it's tough when you when you're food obsessed like we are to not think like, oh, well, that should be the number one thing. So, yeah, I think, look, it's – and it's funny because I think we are in more of a food-obsessed world now than we've ever been where everyone is suddenly, you know, with their smartphones, is suddenly a food blogger no matter who they are. And it's uh, – yeah, everyone just wants to show off where they ate and what they ate. And I'm guilty of that too. I'm not saying like I'm a monk or, or anything like that. But it's like just don't forget the plot of like you're just, just – it's – you want to get satisfied by a good meal.
0: We'll be back in just a minute with more from Dana Dute.
3: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello?
1: they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Hi, folks. We have a new sponsor and an interesting one. We all take about 20,000 breaths a day, and Americans spend about 90% of our time indoors. That indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. And indoor air pollutants could cause respiratory symptoms like sneezing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. So, what's the solution? Introducing Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code BITMAN, B-I-T-T-M-A-N, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to our listeners, You will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com. That's A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code BITMAN. Hi folks, a word from our friends at Made In. Did you know that most of the dishes in Tom Calicchio's craft restaurant are made-in, made-in pots and pans? The braised short ribs? Made-in, made-in. The Rohan duck? Made-in, made-in. The heritage pork chop? You got it. Made-in, made-in. Which isn't surprising. Made-in has been supplying top chefs and restaurants with high-end cookware for years. For the simple reason that Made-in makes exactly what demanding chefs are looking for. Their carbon steel cookware, for example, combines the best of cast iron and stainless steel, gets super hot, and is rugged enough for grills or an open flame. Best of all, Made In is sold online, so their professional-grade cookware is far more affordable than other iron brands. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes on menus all around the world have in common. They're Made In, Made In. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from the 18th until the 27th. Visit madeincookware.com. That's madeincookware.com. Thanks. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out Aquatrue. Aquatrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals, in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. Aquatru has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher capacity under-sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U dot com, and enter code Bitman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bitman B-I-T-T-M-A-N. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out. I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that. Available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the Multi-Terrain Select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
1: This is interesting to ask you because you are someone who has had access to the best restaurants in the world. You still have the access if you want it. Uh, you can get into any restaurant you want. I'm sure they ask you to come to the restaurants everywhere. And I'm guessing that you probably just go to one or two places as a regular and that's what you keep it at, right or wrong?
0: Uh, Well, you're wrong that I get asked to go to restaurants and I don't get asked to go to restaurants or at least not very often, but it doesn't matter because just as the years have gone by, I have gone to fewer and fewer places and, um, and I really just, most of the time I just want to cook. So, um, I think it really changed during COVID when I lost the habit of going out even once a week. I lost the habit of that. And also my cooking got better. Like when cooking twice a day, seven days a week for a year and a half or whatever that first thing was. And the kids were living with us for a while and, um, yeah, we were just cooking up a storm. I think, I, I don't, I don't know why. I think I got better at it, but I, I do think I got better at it. Um, and now, I, you know, modesty aside, there's not many restaurants that I'd rather eat in than have me cook. But there was a yeah, and there was a period when when I was living in New York or going to New York all and the, the, going to the city all the time. And I would only go to a couple restaurants unless someone forced me to go somewhere else. It's really true that I had the same place, just went to the same places all the time. Because that's ultimately, I think, I mean, some people like restaurant hopping, obviously, but most of us want like a neighborhood place where we feel comfortable and the food's pretty good.
1: But I feel like you get to that. I feel like, I feel like uh, most people who like you or I or Kate, I'm assuming you're also A restaurant addict, or at least a recovering one. Um, I feel like I feel like that is the natural end of it because it's kind of like I've been to the mountaintop and I've seen it all, and now all I want is a what I can't make at home, like you said, um, or b like where I'm treated nicely, and it's more about the community and the uh, you know the hug when you walk into the restaurant, the Mm -hmm. free glass of champagne when you sit down, you know, like that to me is like, is worth so much more than like, oh, you got to try this new place you have to stand online for three hours and don't make eye contact with the chef and you have to eat your ramen in three minutes or less, or they're going to kick you out. It's like,
0: yeah. I yeah, that, I, that stuff I don't do. But even the fancy things, I sort of feel, eh, there's a little bit of been there, done that, and a little bit of, well, now everybody does it, so what's the point of, you know, you're not special if you do it. And. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, fine dining fine dining fatigue, man. I, I have such fine dining fatigue. It's like, mind you, some of the best meals I've had are, you know, I can point to, like, you know, a Blue Hill meal from back in the day. Um, but... <laughs> But like,
2: God, don't.
1: (laughs) Does Mark, do you hate it or you love it?
0: I went to Blue Hill before Blue Hill was at Stone Barns. We went to the one on Waverly Place. Me, Doc Willoughby, who at the time was executive editor of Gourmet and Chris Kimball, who founded Cooks Illustrated and with whom I worked for many years. And we, Doc worked at Cooks and I worked at Cooks and Chris had founded Cooks. And we, you know, we were pals. This was probably, let me say 2005. I don't know. Anyway, we go. <laughs> kills great. We go to Blue Hill, and the waiter brings out a butternut squash. It's not just any butternut squash. <laughs> the chef has brought this butternut squash down from the farm today, and he's going to cook it for you. I'm like, oh, great. Right, awesome. Fucking awesome. So, 40 minutes go by, or whatever. And the guy brings out a butternut squash, and he serves it to us. It doesn't even have salt on it; it has nothing on it. It's like you're supposed to enjoy the pure flavor of the butternut squash. So we were just—I'm sure we were rude as fuck. I mean, we were cracking. A but you know, that was nothing, nothing compared to two things I had at Stone Barns. One was—one was—you know—they brought out the goose. Wherever it's Stone Barns, where they brought out the goose. They no, bring out I a not. goose, not a, a dead one, in like a baby carriage or, you know, a kind of <laughs> what? whatever, you, whatever you call the <laughs> things they use for service that are on wheels, like a trolley. A baby oh. carriage. Well, it's like I'm a picturing... baby carriage. The goose is lying down dead <laughs> like this. You know, the way birds like look. In, with, like know.
1: in Moses's
0: basket. And, you know, the guy is petting the goose. And it's like you're gonna have this goose's liver. So we're like, okay, that's great. So we have some foie gras. Then they bring out this tree, like a little, like a like a menorah, but it's branch of a tree with like branches, twigs, and on each thing is a piece of kale. And you like yeah. pick the leaves of the kale off the tree and you eat them. I think the the capper was. Had the beet dish that was unbelievable. I can't. I think it's like a simple beet salad, but it's like really good. The beets are obviously from there or somewhere nearby, and super, <laughs> super perfect. And then they bring out a beet, beet pizza or some other beet dish, and the server explains that this is a kind of beet that Stone Barnes has bred to take out the earthy flavor of the beet because a lot of people don't like the earthy flavor of beets so this is beets that don't taste like beets (laughs) and i mean it doesn't even matter where it was good or bad it wasn't very good but the idea was so offensive it's like we've bred this lemon so that it doesn't have any acidity in it because people don't really like acidity right you know or we've made this coffee that's not bitter because (laughs) who wants bitterness in their life right we've
1: perfected what god made (laughs) we can
0: we can take what
1: god made and make it better
0: (laughs) so like i don't know if all the ridiculous experiences i had at those kinds of restaurants you know ants on the plate and all that kind of stupid stuff somehow stone barns rubbed me the wrongest of the wrong but it also could have been i was over it i mean it could well have just been I was over That's it. what I was going to say. I think when I went there, it Not was your
1: like, fault. I was just I was on you. the, no, I get it. I was like on the ascent of like, I want to be the most pretentious foodie ever. And that to me <laughs> was like, I mean, it was Mount pretentious that place. Um, and I loved it. I mean, I also I went with a buddy of mine who was a, who was a sommelier and they were trying to recruit him. So they like, they like brought out all the stops. I'm sure they did for you too. Um, but I just remember being like, and it's just like you're in the fu- you walk around the farm before you go eat and look at these pigs. They do Pilates every morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, these go we massage these goats so that they're I mean, it's just like it was so good. I loved all the bullshit. Um, but uh yeah, no, I you mean, wouldn't
0: have the patience for it. No, I don't have the patience
1: for it. I have like one yakitori joint that I go to. That's like my go. <laughs> that's like my regular joint now. Um, Congratulations, nice your mark. you <laughs> your
2: seventy-four-year-old yeah. Jewish man. <laughs> I'm one hundred percent seventy-three. <laughs> we do have to ask you our last question. Oh no, guys! Well, we can. So we Will can you take stay, us Stay on. <laughs> So, our last question is always, what did you have for dinner last night?
1: It what did I have for dinner elk. last night?
2: It better be really good.
3: Okay,
1: better, so here's what I did for like dinner elk. last night. It was, elk yeah. or
2: tray for...
1: I had a raw raw elk tartare that I <laughs> washed down liver. with a with I ate a, a, it warm. <laughs> I ate it warm while I stared at a picture of the beast that I felled. Um, <sighs> no, you know what I... So, last night I had a show. I had a stand-up show at like... 10 30 p.m. and i was so exhausted it was the last thing i wanted to do i don't normally eat before shows but the show was so late so i made my little ghetto salad niçoise which is just um a handful of arugula a hard-boiled egg a handful of fingerling potatoes um it was a tonino do you guys know about tonino tuna
3: whoo baby Mm
0: -hmm. Red yeah. and yellow Ven- label,
1: yeah. Ventresca? No, this is the. I got the red label stuff. The Ventresca. <laughs> okay, this is the VIP stuff. All right, you got to buy it out of a someone's trunk of his car. It's not, not uh,
2: Johnny Walker.
1: It's not safe.
2: <laughs> <Tuna>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Um, but it's awesome tuna, and then um, uh, and some like uh, uh, olives I threw in there, and then like uh, a I had a little green goddess dressing. Nothing exciting. Um, but delicious. And then I went and did my show. And then on the way home at midnight, I was walking back because I live close to the Laugh Factory. I stopped in at my regular joint, which we were just saying like regular spots. That's where you go, which is this restaurant called Horses, which is the hot new restaurant in LA, but it's down the block from me. And they're very nice to me. So I can go in whenever I want. I sit down. I had a nice glass of Oregon Pinot Noir and then I headed home.
2: Dan?
0: Yes, Kate?
2: Can we adopt you? We've been my brother.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's do will not that be fun? You sure, did you find that if you're exactly the same age yet?
2: When? What's your birthday?
1: March 29th.
2: I'm January 17th. We're two months apart.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm.
2: You don't have any sisters. Wow. I've got one. So now you have two.
1: I would love to have a sister. There you go. All right. Bye, sis.
2: <laughs> Bye. Bye, Bye Dad. Bye, Dad. Wait, that makes my sense. dad.
1: Bye, dad. <laughs> dad. Why not? <laughs> Thanks,
0: Dan. That was great. Take care. Thank you, Dan. See you again. Bye-bye. Well, this is one of those podcasts that went on long after we pressed the record button to stop, and um, really fun. Really fun. I hope you had as much fun as we did. Thanks to my newly adopted son, Dan, and uh, his book, Undercooked, is out now. You can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Stand Up Dan. That's all one word, Stand Up Dan. Thanks to Davis Lloyd, as always, our engineer, and to Kate, our producer and co-host. If you want more from us, visit bitmanproject.com, where Holly just wrote about sea cooterie. Same as charcuterie, but with fish. What's better than that? Anyway, thank you for listening. Again, please subscribe to the podcast. Check out The Bitman Project at bitmanproject.com. And um, we will see you next week when we will have somebody amazing. Thanks again. Bye for now.